Designed by the sports fan for the sports fan. ESPN 1420. ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. Hey guys, this is Louisiana head football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Acadiana's best sports leader, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Scared money don't make money. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I'm Scott Prather. Happy to have you with me on this Friday morning, a football Friday. Oh, uh, yes, it is. Louisiana had the performance they've been waiting to have. First two games, not what they were looking for last night. It was, as uh, Rage Occasion linebacker Lorenzo McCaskill described it best after the game. Uh, we needed it. We needed it. Those first two games was not Raging Cajuns. That was not Raging Cajun football. Um, so we needed this. We need to get back to ourselves and um, we'll throw this away after 24 hours and get ready for um, conference play. You know, we're going to enjoy this win and, and get ready for how we're supposed to play. What did it mean to get back to playing how they were supposed to play? It means... They more than doubled Ohio's total yardage. 562 total yards. 312 of them on the ground. They dispersed. They used multiple backs. It's a three-back system. Always has been under Napier, and as he pointed out last night, it's going to continue to be that. More on the Cajuns went over Ohio this morning. Here's what we got in store. Going to recap a number of things from last night's game. Then we'll shift gears, talk some Saints football with Gus Cattengill, as we do every Friday morning during football season. After Gus uh, chats with me, then we will open up phone lines for all of you. Uh, Most of the 8 o'clock hour, we'll look back at last night's win at Cajun Field, look ahead to week two, uh, excuse me, week three of college football, week two of the NFL season, and a little bit of high school football tonight as well. So it is a football Friday, baby. As I mentioned, 312 rushing yards 
three for three on fourth down. We're talking fourth and one at the goal line three times. They drew up Montreal Johnson's number, but as Billy Napier says, Scared money don't make money. That's right. Scared money don't make money. You got to go for it. And, uh, and they did. Going into the half, it's a, it's a one-possession game. It's, it's a goal-to-go situation with a second left. And hand it to Bailey. Excuse me, hand it to, uh, to Johnson. He's in. Later in the game, oh, here we go again. Fourth and goal of the one. Hand it to Johnson. He's in. Three for three on fourth down. Defensively. They held Ohio to 250 total yards, less than 100 yards in the entire second half. They dominated the game as it went on in the trenches. That's, that's, where, that's where the game was handled. The offensive line got back to playing their ball. Now, it was Ohio. Ohio's 0-3. But last week, an FCS team put up you know, lots of yards, more than double what Ohio put up. Last night, on a short week, Louisiana – Finally put together a game where in the locker room afterwards, there was a bit of a celebratory mood. They were happy about it. But as uh, Lorenzo Bocasco said, 24 hours, then on to the next. It's a strong performance. Got plenty of audio for you from last night's game. Uh, 17,000. What was the uh, let me, what was the, the announced attendance exactly last night? Um, 17,709. Was it that much? I don't know. I know that it didn't rain last night. You know, I know that, oh, it's a weeknight. And it was uh, the threat of rain. And, uh, yeah, those are probably reasons the crowd wasn't as big. But it still shouldn't. You, you can't just, I don't know. You got to do better. got to do better. Got to do better. For the ones that were there, they were loud. For the student section that was there, they were loud. And, um you know, it was uh, it was a hell of a performance. 568 yards of total offense, and uh, Coach Napier after the game. You know, why don't we why don't we listen right now to what he like right in the moment, right after the game, right after the game. Cody Juno on the sideline. This was before he even had a chance to sort of gather his thoughts or look at the stat sheet. This is him on the uh, football broadcast from Learfield. Cody asking him, you know, most complete game, how you feeling, that type of thing. Here was Napier's response when talking to Cody. Yeah, no, I, um, you know, it's good to see, you know, I mean, I think we're still, you know, a handful of things that we can do better, but just, you know, that's more like it, right? I mean, that, that's the, um, it's the type of team that I felt like we had, you know, we just really uh, been shooting ourselves in the foot, right? And I think that, it was great to see our players take ownership, right? I think they completely understood why we were having issues. Uh, and we got it fixed tonight. There's still a lot of work to do here. But um, that's, a good, that's, that's a good football team. And certainly it's good to see our team play, you know, somewhat of a complete game. You know, I think um, now it's time to take a couple days off and get ready for conference play. Yeah, you go over 500 yards in offense. Your defense surrendered less than 100 in the second half. And I think kind of something you're talking about, there was a little bit of Cajun swagger running around Cajun Field tonight. Yeah, you know, just getting back to who we are. You know, I mean, I think um, playing with speed and physicality and precision and discipline. And, you know, I think um, just proud of our kids, man. And I can't emphasize enough 
um, the job that the staff did, uh, really giving good input about, you know, the things that they had observed, what we needed to do better. It was a collective effort to kind of, you know, make some changes and uh, improve. That's what it's all about. So uh, we took a step forward today, and um, we'll keep working hard here and get ready for conference play next week. And one of the big talking points has been the running game. You go for over 300 yards. You have a freshman in Montreal, uh, Johnson, who goes for four touchdowns. And the offensive line really moved people up front. Yeah, it really challenged the front. You know, it felt like the first two weeks, you know, really – um, communication, mental errors, fundamentals and techniques. Uh, that group really stepped up. And I think the backs were, you know, ready to play and played um, violent. They played angry, you know, and certainly it takes everybody to run the ball. It takes the quarterback, the tight ends on the edges, the backs got to play with precision, the receivers got to do their job. So we did that tonight, right? It's good to see. I think that's, who, that's what we're capable of. Uh, and there's still six, eight, ten plays in the game, you know, that we can do much better on. Congratulations on the win. Enjoy the couple days off. We'll talk to you next week in Statesboro. Guys? There you have it, Cody Juno's uh, little chat right after the game with Napier. You know, he pointed to the run game being a big key, pointed to all three backs. Montreal Johnson, four touchdown runs. And the freshman, he just looked good. Burst, good vision in the open field. He was big in four touchdowns, you know. It's happened 10 times in Rage Education football history, a runner scoring or, you know, an offensive player rushing for four touchdowns in a game. Uh, it's happened 10 times. Seven players have done it, by the way. Brian Mitchell did it three times. Three players have run for five in a game. Elijah McGuire was one. Uh, Alonzo Harris was one. And uh, Brian Mitchell was one. Now, I say that, but Mitchell, I mean, McGuire, I mean, McGuire and Harris have done it more than once because they each ran for five in a game, and there was another game against Arkansas State years ago where they each ran for four in the same game. So, hey, lots of, uh, lots of big plays last night, lots of running game, but just kind of a steady dose. You know, I say lots of big plays. There were, it, it didn't, it wasn't a game that was filled with these long, long highlights. So maybe that's the wrong way to describe it. It was more of a just methodical textbook run the football. You had the big play on the opening offensive drive for Louisiana, their first drive, 46 yard pass to Peter LeBlanc that set up the first touchdown to John Stevens Jr., who, by the way, had two touchdown catches, one from Levi Lewis, one from Chandler Fields near the end of the game. But um, it was, uh, it was, it was a performance that I know UL fans had been wanting to see. Uh, it was a performance I think the team really needed. And, you know, the O-line was tremendous. And they, as Imani Bailey afterwards, who led the team in rush, it's funny, you rush for 312 yards as a team. You don't have a single back that goes for 100. Just talks to you, tells you about the balance, right? Imani Bailey... 11 carries, 89 yards. He said, you know, we ran violent tonight. I had to follow up on that. Amani, could you describe what running violently consists of? Just being unorthodox, you know, just playing with a different mentality, you know, just because we have all 11 guys coming at us and we have to have a different mindset. Just, you know, just run the ball and just keep chopping and keep running. And that's what that's what. You know, basically being violent means, you know, just having a good mindset, a good mentality to keep pushing. Coach Napier talked more about his three backs after the game as well. Well, you know, I mean, I think um, 
in the first two games, we've been rolling the backs like we always do. You know, uh, Chris Samani and Montreal, all three, I thought, came to play tonight. You know, I mean, I think their attitude, their demeanor, uh, the precision in which that they played, their eye-disciplined footwork, uh, and, you know, simply put, we just blocked them better. You know, across the board, I thought every position group did their part relative to affecting the running game. Uh, but Montreal, you know, much like we told you guys, like we as in um, training camp, was a bright spot. We've been seeing that, um, you know, for a long time now. So it was good to see that. And certainly, I thought all three backs were very effective tonight and uh, went about it the right way. You know, Chris was... Uh, really good early, you know, close to breaking a few. And I thought Monty was exceptional uh, throughout the night. So, you know, we're we're a three-back team. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of confidence in all three of those players. And I think, like I've told you guys before, Monty and Montreal will only continue to improve as they get more experience. And we saw a little bit of that tonight. Good stuff from uh, Coach Napier after that one, Louisiana handling their business final last night, 49-14. to The only game in college football last night. I was at Cajun Field. I did not see uh, Washington beat the Giants by a point last night, so I really have no context to talk about that. But we will talk plenty of NFL this morning on a football Friday, baby. That's right, because up next we're going to shift gears, talk some Saints with my man Gus Cattengill. Then after that, we'll open up phone lines, hit more on the Cajuns game last night, take a look at week two, talk a little LSU Central Michigan as well. Week two in college, excuse me, week um, week three in college football. Then we'll take a look at week two in the NFL, what's on the docket. Plenty of Saints talk as well, including all these injuries, all these guys possibly missing time. We got to chat about it. Gus joins me next. What's it going to look like for this team can you have another dominant performance again against the Carolina team that on paper isn't supposed to be as good as Green Bay, but on paper, the Saints, you know, they're a little more thin this week than they were last week. It's a divisional foe as well. A lot to dig into. We're going to do it next. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app coming at you on a football Friday, baby. Stay tuned. Oh, how good was it, guys, to see the teams back out on the gridiron, to see NFL football back on our TVs? And lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting us in the center of the action for week two, putting you in the center of the action because new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars of total prizes with their first deposit by signing up for the DraftKings fantasy app using code 1420. Get in on the action now. That's code 1420. How do you play? Simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up. That's it. Compete. Feel the NFL action like you've never felt it before with a free shot 
shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with that first deposit. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The GolfBalls.com Retail Center is now open and better than ever. Stop by our newly renovated store to shop the latest in golf balls, clubs, and apparel from brands such as Titleist, TaylorMade, Callaway, and Under Armour. Check out our new state-of-the-art golf simulator and demo the hottest irons, drivers, and putters. Featuring 20,000 square feet of golf equipment and gear, GolfBalls.com was founded here in Acadiana 25 years ago and remains the world leader in golf customization. Located on Arnold Boulevard next to Harbor Freight Tools and, of course, online at GolfBalls.com. Recently, Total Wireless helped Garrett Dvorak throw a virtual baby shower for his wife, Ellie. Just to see everyone's expressions. I don't have words for it. Because when you move to Total Wireless, you can get amazing devices on 5G. And with unlimited plans starting at $25 a month per line for four lines, you could save up to $80 per month. Total Wireless. You guys pulled through. Total Wireless. Do amazing. 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Savings claim made when compared to four-line postpaid plans of the leading carrier for 2021. See terms and conditions at TotalWireless.com. The real estate market is always tough. But this market, it's unlike anything we've ever seen. When the average home stays on the market just 24 days and houses routinely go for more than the listing price, who you work with matters. Realtors have the expertise, local knowledge, and personal touch to give you a competitive advantage throughout the entire home buying process. And that's something an ordinary agent could never do. So make sure your agent is a Realtor. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code WIN for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code WIN for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code WIN. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. What if you went to your secret hiding place and found just a phone number, 1-800-662-HELP? Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, make the call. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral, or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks. You listen to Sports Talk? Sports Talk, 24-7, 365, in the palm of your hand on the ESPN 1420 app. Sponsored by Mandez's Seafood Bar and Grill on Ducey Road. It's the Great Scott Show. Somebody call her, that's terrible. She can't only think that. Stop catching otters that talk. Yeah. Whatever it stands for, it's Scott Prather on ESPN 1420. <laughs> 
Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather coming at you on a football Friday. We talked uh, plenty of Louisiana versus Ohio. The game last night at Cajun Field in the first segment. Plenty more on that coming your way later in the show. But joining me now from New Orleans is our Saints and Pelicans correspondent, Gus Cadengale, as he does every Friday. Gus, um, Normally, we, you know, we talk some UL, but since uh, most of the show this morning is centered on that, while I have you on briefly this morning, I want to ask you, or maybe not briefly might be the wrong word to use, but I, I, I got to talk Saints with you, man. Game two against Carolina, we'll, we'll get a, a kind of a final injury report today, but that was a, uh, that's been a long list this week. The COVID issue with the coaching staff, I mean, as, as, as that glow from the three win over Green Bay Slowly began to wear off day by day. The Saints, uh, the Saints are in for a big challenge, hey, man. First of all, good morning. How are you? And what do you expect on Sunday? Yeah, good morning, man. Uh, good to hear from you again. And yeah, you know, obviously you hear whether it's Coach Napier, or Coach Payton, Coach whoever. They always like to say there's a 24-hour rule, and yeah, now we know why. Uh, <laughs> well, and it doesn't. Um, you don't need to try to manufacture some reasoning to try to move on. You, you, you had to. I mean, you know, by the time Monday hits, you know, you know, you have limited coaches at receiver, running back, offensive line, tight end, offensive coaches. They're out. But you, you know what's remarkable is you heard Jameis Winston back on Wednesday talk about what that first week, uh, that first meeting was, or that first practice on Wednesday, and he actually thought it was great and. The difference is, obviously, normally you'll have position coaches and position coaches run the meetings and, and do all those things, but with a limited staff and needing to be more spread out because of COVID and stuff like that, what they did was they did it all in a bigger room all at once, and Sean Payton actually ran it. And listening to Winston detail and, and, and describe in detail how Sean ran that meeting and you know telling players exactly what he wanted, the process, the thought process, the reasoning behind it, he thought that to the point where he said at the end of, of his answer, he hopes it's like that moving forward. He, he loved it. So he called it a blessing in disguise, as a matter of fact, Scott. So I guess my long-winded answer is sort of like maybe the move to Dallas was a blessing in disguise because you heard Sean Payton that Monday, literally the day after the storm blew through Louisiana. He, he said that he actually didn't mind this, that with the young teams, and being in a hotel room with families and everything, he thought it was going to bring them closer together. It clearly worked last week. And I think having gone through that, and then you add the fact that players not only adapt to this new uh, or this week's, I guess, way of dealing with the COVID issues in meetings, but a guy like Jameis Winston, your starting quarterback, feels that it's actually more beneficial than he's ever had in his career. Um, I don't think focus is going to be an issue. So I don't think distraction, I don't think that is going to be, I think it's bodies, though, Scott. I mean, you can only next man up it's so much, man. And you look at that list back from Wednesday, and it's 10 and 8 didn't practice, and 
We saw some movement better yesterday. We'll see what happens today. But, I mean, you don't have to be a doctor to look at some of those names and know they're likely not playing. I mean, if you have some surgery this week and Bradley Ruby is up, why are we playing Lattimore, right? Um, I, I, Marcus Davenport, the pec strain, mm-hmm. that's going to be a deal. Yep. Obviously, the fact that they signed the center back on Tuesday, Eric McCoy is not going to go. So, I mean, you're, you're already going to lose three starters from week one, minimum. Um, and, you know, when you see D.J. Williams, Chelsea Gunner Johnson, you see all those. I mean, they're now dealing with some injuries. So, look, they bring back Kenny Stills. But if there's a team that can adapt, it's this one. And you know what? They always say, Scott, that each week they try to uh, attack each week differently. And I think this week is more of a get in and get out. You know, like it, it, dirty, however it needs to be, slugfest, uh, claw and scratch, come back, win by one. I, I'd love a 38-3 to beating. I don't see it. Um, it's a division opponent, a division game. I expect a closer game, but you know what? I, I'm not going to put it past them. Why can't this team go out there and win by three, win by one? Um, and just I think that's kind of the, the game it's going to be. Exactly. Just find a way to get in the fourth quarter with a chance to win it, steal it, get on the plane, get back to Dallas and, uh, and, and prep for next week. Feeling like a 24 to 20 type of contest, really. Um, you know, and, and I know the defense, I think really what stood out to me most about that win last week was how good she is. Um, now Eric McCoy's out. You mentioned Davenport. I mean, there's there's some guys that they're going to have to get used to. And McCoy left early in the game. I get all of that. But the trenches, that's what was most impressive. Considering the Saints have, you know, been known to get off to slow starts to begin a season and then sort of get things ramped up in October to come out of the gate. Like, I can't remember a game where the Saints opened a season with that kind of victory, right? Like, I can't. Against a team, against a really good team. You know, in 9 they, they put, I don't know, 42 on the board, but they are playing the Lions week one. Like, I don't remember a more impressive week one win by the Saints in the history of the franchise. So, you know, the, the, the idea of moving on, not letting it get to you, moving past week one, looking at the next opponent, that that's a difficult thing to do. But then when you start losing lots of players and you have the COVID issue, I guess that kind of puts all of that like really in fast forward. Like it's, it's not avoidable. It's not like they went out, had the best, most impressive week one win in franchise history. And then everybody was healthy and good to go. And you're just kind of getting ready for Carolina because of all of the obstacles this week. It's not a good thing. You don't want those things to happen, but I don't see how they could possibly sort of have be, be in their heads, right? I don't see how they could possibly still be like, man, we're we're gonna we're we're great. Like if they come out sluggish, I, I would be extremely disappointed, even with the injuries, because you've had enough sort of uh, blows this week to force you to basically move on and say, okay, last week was last week. I mean, look at all the issues we have right now. These are, these are enough obstacles to overcome. We don't need to get a big head or anything. No, I agree. And, and look, I, I think one of the things that you see that, that can take place though, is how they, uh, they're, they're going to be, you know, that day and um, come out. Like I said, I, I, I don't think the energy or the focus is going to be an issue. I just, look, you know, kind of look at it from the other perspective. You're Carolina. Look, you start out 1-0. and You played a lot of close games last year. You made a move at quarterback because you thought you couldn't finish and make plays at the end. Um, 
here's an opportunity to get a, you know, a division win early and go 2-0 and, and, and feel real good about themselves. So uh, I, I'm expecting a fun game, to be honest with you, and it'll be fun to kind of look at it. Again, what we saw in week one, to your point, that just doesn't happen, man. Um, you just do not get that kind of you know, execution normally in week one. You don't normally get you know, those issues where you have a, an offense, a defense, a special teams, everybody just worked perfectly in conjunction with one another and um, executed perfectly. So um, you like to have that, and you like to see that. But realistically, it's, it's, you know, Jameis going to have five TDs every game. Uh, is the defense going to just completely stop the, the way that they did? So I, I think you had time, you game plan, you won that day. Now let's see how they move on. Uh, moving forward and doing all those different aspects of it. Gus Cagniel, Saints and Pelicans correspondent, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. We're going to talk more uh, UL and Ohio in the game last night coming up in the next segment, the way we open up the show. But right now, visiting with Gus as we do every Friday, just focusing on the Saints, what they've got in store for week two. I think, um, you know, I was talking yesterday with Norman Locke about how do you know, like, what, what's the test whether or not you're overreacting to something in week one of football? And I think the way you ask yourself the question and sort of analyze, okay, am I truly overreacting or am I, am I being objective here, is of every single thing that happened in week one, from the Thursday night opener, you know, eight days ago between Dallas and Tampa to the Monday night game, the wild one, very entertaining between Vegas and Baltimore, all the games on Sunday – what was something like what opinion of yours? It might be about the Saints, it might be about another team, it might be about a specific player. But what opinion that you had about a team or player going into the season changed the most after week one? And whatever it is, that's when you have to analyze and ask yourself the question. Am I overreacting or is is this reaction justified? So I ask you, Gus, where has your opinion changed the most when it comes to the NFL, and it might be about the Saints, that you had nine days ago versus what you have today? Uh, It's tough because, honestly, I kind of didn't – I wasn't totally surprised – a ton by the week one results um, from that aspect of it. I think one of the the things that I did see and that you saw was, um, I think Adam Sheff, to put it, you saw a lot of the underdogs go on the road and win, um, which was surprising considering you had fans back and, you know, fans make an impact. They help your team to do all those things. At the same time, um, I, I think the Saints would be up there in that I didn't expect that. I don't think anybody did. I mean, that's that's obvious. No one expected um, that performance. So you probably would put them up there at the top. Um, I, I was I, I liked, and I wasn't surprised. It was almost I would say this: I had more um, validation, I guess, sort of games um, than, than other. I, I was being not talked about nearly as much. I, see, I, agree, I agree with you as well. I, I have Pittsburgh as yeah. a playoff team. I think too many people yep. were just selling them down the river. Exactly. So, you know, seeing them win and Najee Harris slow start in the first half, but you saw him pick up at what he can, I think, be for that team in the second. Um, and that, look, that's a team in Buffalo at home that 
has high expectations that can go there. Uh, I, look, there's a lot of talk about the Browns, but at the same time, you still got to find ways to make plays, and they absolutely gave that game away. Mm-hmm. And I think coaching sort of matters. You see that. I, I've been saying I don't understand why everybody has catapulted Herbert. I get it, and all of these other guys, and they've just completely forgotten about Joe Burrow. And that was a big win for Cincinnati. I, I think when you look at it, I understand the Vikings have been perplexing in that they, they haven't looked the same that they had two years ago in the playoffs. Last year was terrible. Um, but that's a big win, right, all things considering. And, you know, I talked to Jen Hale earlier this week who was helping feed folks here in LaFlosse, and she had the Vikings-Bengals game, and she brought up the fact that, I, and I, again, I wasn't watching the game, so I didn't know. But Burrow got hurt in that game, and he hurt his knee, the, the repaired, surgically repaired knee. And he came back in, he was limping, walked it off, and, and then finished the game. But, you know, he said it was a bit scary, but he's going to be okay. It's nothing that he can't handle. But, I mean, just put yourself in, you know, their fan situations. If that was, you know, we did. We wish it was the last couple of years. Breeze going down and your hopes and, and dreams um, of that happening. But you had a offseason, a preseason, a practice where Jamar Chase literally could not catch a ball, um, complaining about the NFL size, and he goes out and catches a bomb. So if I'm a fan, I'm sitting in the stands going, there it is. That's what I daydreamed about. Burrow to Jamar Chase on a dime, you know, bomb. There's a guy who is our franchise quarterback who didn't get hurt last year. They, they tore his knee up. I mean, it, so that was a huge win, I think, from that perspective. Look, um, I, and I would say, I guess the cautionary tale is everyone's already, you know, Kyler Murray's an MVP. I've seen this movie already. The Cardinals are going to have games where they look impressive, and then they're going to have games where they're not. So they beat Tennessee. Tennessee didn't look too good. Tennessee's not good. I, I, I feel like Tennessee was right. over. Even though they'll probably win the South, it's because it's the worst division in football. I had Arizona winning that game. I didn't have them winning it as big as they did, but I've also said for the last three years that Chandler Jones is by far the most underrated player in the NFL. So, uh, and Kyler Murray, to your point, you know, halfway through London, people had him like fifth in their MVP race, and then the rest of the season played out. Um, I think the Cardinals could be good. They looked really impressive in that game, but again, I'm not a big Tennessee guy because I think their defense is hellacious. It was in the bottom eight last year. It'll probably be in the bottom four or five this year. Um, Herbert looked good. See, I, I come back to this. Gus Gagnell, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. I The biggest surprising result to me was the Saints' Not that they won, but that they won as big as they did because no one expected 38-3. to No one expected Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers going up against, you know, Paulson Adebo, who looked good, but before that game to put up three points. And I, I'm, it's not like I'm super bullish on the Saints all of a sudden, and yet I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel a little more optimistic about the season after week one so because I'm 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 sort of using the exercise on myself that I presented to you, right? Like like what what opinion of yours sort of shifted the most since before the season to now? And for me, it's not I never said the Saints would be bad. I mean, I was 7 and 10 with my prediction. I think you were 8 and 9 maybe. Um I, maybe the prognosis is a little bit better because it's a game that I thought they would lose and they won, but how they did it, the speed on defense, Am I overreacting to week one about the Saints? I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, Gus, but I do feel better about being wrong about my preseason prediction too. So tell me, 
overreaction or do you know do, do i need to wait you know a while do i need to just say look week one crazy stuff happens across the league i mean last year jacksonville won in week one and look how bad they were they're the worst team in football and they beat a playoff team in week one last year so am i overreacting do i just need to just shut up and just watch more football for a while yes <laughs> it's just interesting and i only say that because you have the same access i do with the espn audio vault man and um, look, this is the world we live in. Um, they have to fill a ton of shows, so that's what they do every single day. And all day this week, it's it's Rodgers, it's Dak Prescott, it's the Cowboys. You know, they had such a great performance on Thursday against the Buccaneers, but, you know, since they last played a week ago, they have lost a, a ton of essential players on their team. It's going to affect them, you would think. And, again, that's why going into this week, if the same time lost three starters, I mean, it's Scott, crazy. a starter. You lose a starter after a game, that's big. Lattimore, Davenport. I mean, we're talking about guys that we're we're talking about really, really guys. You know, when they play, I mean, Davendorf, it's, you know, when he plays, he's great. You just don't know if it's going to happen. But Lattimore's impact is undeniable. McCoy's been great. And, you know, we'll see that they're, they're, they're judging from the report. There might be more guys than miss. So, um, and then again, it's Carolina, who is Sam Darnold good? Are the Panthers good? Because they played the Jets week one. It's hard to tell. Christian McCaffrey's good, but it's it's hard to sort of get a pulse on whether or not they are. I think as hard as week one lines are to sort of make around the league, I think week two betting lines might even be more difficult. Okay, what is the how does basically how does the public feel right now about this? Saints currently minus three, but it's um Honestly, I think you, you, you let the first quarter of the season play out. After four games is when you truly can start saying, okay, we've got a sample size now to have a good idea of what this team is going to be like this year. So I, it's not like I overreacted to that game saying, oh, my God, now the Saints are winning the division. I, I didn't do any of that. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel a little bit better about the Saints after that one than I did before. Granted, it's just one game and – they go out and stink Sunday. You know what? Everyone's going to overreact and say the sky is burning. So it's a week-to-week thing. We need to wait till the end of the first quarter of the season. You know, to what you said about the Bengals, you know, to, to, a, to a, I guess, a, I don't know, I would say about, I was about to say to a smaller extent, but I think, I think similarly, the Chargers, not that, like, I think the Chargers have a better roster than Cincinnati, but the fact that they won a game that in the past they probably would have lost I mean, the Chargers are just notorious for losing, finding creative ways to blow games. And Phillip Rivers had something to do with that. God love him. But, like, the fact that they, they won that game, the fact that Cincinnati had almost blew it a couple of times and somehow won it in overtime, these teams that traditionally just find creative ways to lose winning it, um, you know, uh, the Chargers have the Cowboys. They don't want to start 0-2. Cincinnati's at Chicago. You've got their former quarterback starting in Chicago, even though he shouldn't. It should be Justin Fields. But, like, those two teams start out 2-0, and oh, you know, Chargers have a better shot of making the postseason than Cincinnati. But, I, you know, then you feel a little bit different. And then you get to week three and then week four, and then you really assess. So I guess your message to me, Gus, is, Scott, just shut up and just enjoy the games right now. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just early to kind of make a whole thing. Especially here's the thing that's interesting. It's a 17-week – it's a 17-game season. So you – um. You essentially, if you go by what you've seen in the last several years, still have a whole nother season to kind of get going. So, look, I still think the Saints 
are not going to be the team you're going to know until, you know, like I said, around Buffalo. Um, but McCoy is coming back after the bye. David Onyemata is coming back after the bye. Michael Thomas is coming back after the bye. You would have had five, six games of, I mean, you still don't even have Ken Crawley to add depth to your defensive backfield. Let's see what Bradley Roby, who's getting the start Sunday, is going to do for you. He's excited as all heck to be back. Um, that's a lot of depth. I like the Devo. I like the Devo, but his team, his team went out and, you know, signed Lattimore to long-term contract, and this guy Roby is a starter. So where's the Devo play? You know, I mean, is he, is he watching? I, I don't know if I totally like that, to be honest with you. Um, but I get the moves to an extent, but now you're, you know, and again, it's not saying that Roby doesn't have to be here in the future moving forward, but you have depth. And you, you have players that can make plays there. Uh, the fact that Quan Alexander made two plays in the opening drive of that game, you know, to, to keep Green Bay from getting first downs was incredible. And, of course, he winds up with an elbow injury. But still, it, it kind of tells you where this team's talent sort of is. But it's what I've said to you for weeks and months. They're a potential playoff team. They have potential, but you got to see it. And... You know, if you can navigate, as I've been telling you in the past, with two and three into the bye, you can flip, flip that to three and two, four and one. That's awesome because, again, no disrespect, but the next four quarterbacks aren't Aaron Rodgers and the top-tier quarterbacks you're going to face after the bye. So Sam Darnold, just like everyone, is going to have to show that he's in that top tier. He's still trying to show that he is a starter. In the NFL, in the franchise yeah. quarterback. You got so Darnold, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, and then likely Taylor Heineke. Jones, I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't you exactly. don't face another great quarterback until October twenty fifth nope. on a Monday night at Seattle against yep. Russell Wilson. Yep. That's a tough one. Yeah, but and it's coming off of a bye. Russell and Brady, and you know, you got Hurts in there and Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, so Josh Allen, sure, yeah. that's coming exactly. So, and look, and Hurts is playing well, and so I, you know, that's why I'm like, look, Rex Lattimore. Get Davenport healthy. If those guys can come back healthy after the bye and feel better, um, why not? Why can't this team then you know be the a playoff big, team? I, so, I, I maintain the biggest gap between ceiling and floor of any team in the league this year is probably the Saints. If you want to throw in the I Packers, would. I'll hear the argument, but it's it's not as much about about I, for the Packers. It's more or less you know. The, the battle between, you know, players and management and Aaron Rodgers kind of lead. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could see that thing going south in a hurry, and you can also see them, you know, being right back as a one or two seed in the NFC. You know, I'm not overreacting to their loss to the Saints either. But I think I think those two teams, one of those two, I, and I kind of lean toward the Saints, I think it has the biggest gap between ceiling and floor. Maybe Green Bay because it's not so much football-related as it is sort of the, the the mental side of things and chemistry, but from a from a player personnel standpoint, it, it's probably the Saints, man. There's a wide gap there, so if you're closer to the top than the bottom in terms of reaching it, it could be fun. And I think what you just said, Gus, is something that probably excites Saints fans. You know, focus so much on your own roster, but Sam Darnold, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke. It, it's it's not a murderer's row of quarterbacks here before the bye week, and you'll get a lot back. After the bye, ESPN1420.com. Scott Prather, it's the great Scott show. We're going to talk Louisiana, Ohio. We'll have some post-game audio from Coach Napier and the players coming up in the next segment. But 
right now. We got Gus for a few more minutes talking some football. So with that, Gus, let's hear it. Um, I was on your show this week. I was kind of feeling, I guess, twenty four twenty. I mentioned that earlier. What are your What are your thoughts on this game prediction? Saints Panthers and uh, hopefully the Saints are you know not missing uh, eighteen thousand players come uh, come Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. I, you know, you mentioned what twenty four twenty earlier in our conversation. I, I could see that. I, I think it's going to be more of a closer game like that. Um, you know, I'm interested in with this depth and some of the issues on injury, I still think the team can, can contain Christian McCaffrey. I mean, look, I, would you say the Saints defense has a few more playmakers in the Jets? They, I mean, have, they have speed. They have speed. I mean, Quan right. Alexander, I, mean. I was not expecting to be uh, playing the way he is at this moment in time. You know DeMario Davis. Zach Bond, when he's out there, he's got speed. It's just something I I didn't anticipate as much speed as they have on defense that, that I saw in week one and, and in camp and in the preseason. Right. So when you look at it, to your point, you have 21 carries. 98 yards, I'll live with that. Um, he had nine receptions for 89 yards. I'll live with that. He had no touchdowns. Absolutely will live with that. So McCaffrey was their offense. They didn't provide a touchdown. It's sort of the, it, I call it the Julio Jones effect. I always said this every time the Saints would play the, the Falcons. They're like, oh, Julio Jones, Julio Jones. I'm like, Julio can have his numbers, but did you ever see him beat the Saints? Like, would you, like, look at a game and say, that guy single-handedly was unstoppable? Never happened. Not in his entire career. Yeah, he fumbled I mean, more. He's had more at. fumbles yeah. and touchdowns in his career against the hey, Saints. If McCaffrey rushes for 100 yards and catches for 100 yards but never gets in the end zone, that's probably going to be a win for the Saints. I mean, like, again, I like Terrace Marshall. He has to prove that he's the guy that Sam Donald's going to go to all the time. Sam Donald's got to prove to me he's going to go up and down the field defensively. Now, again, just, I, I'm just playing the, the rule of dumb odds, the rule of just why betters will make money or something like that, or gamblers. Um, I think Sam Darnold is going to have better stats than Aaron Rodgers did last week. It's, again, I, back-to-back touchdown shutouts just don't happen in the NFL very often. So the Panthers are going to score. It's going to be a blown coverage. It's, it's going to happen. McCaffrey might make a play. Darnold may hit a bomb. But I just think through four quarters, maybe I think the Saints do make – a few more plays, man, um, than them. And I, I do. At, at the end of the day, Kamara and McCaffrey, maybe they cancel each other out for a bit. I think the Saints can help contain the But perhaps what the Panthers could sort of have. That said, I am very interested to see how their new corners will, will work. Look, J.C. Horn has had a really good training camp. They're really high on him. They've made some additions on the defensive side. Um, I do like how Peyton and Winston trust the tight end. I said that to you last week. I thought that could be something that mm-hmm. could be a game changer and a game breaker. And look, conversely, I don't think Marquez Callaway just gets one reception. So, you know, because again, this, that will be something you talk about. Maybe that's why they brought in Kenny Stills. You know what? Not, but you know, Callaway went up against Alexander a lot. He's going to go probably against J.C. Horn this week or another starter. So, how can those guys? You know, play well. I also said the same thing though last week that I thought Deontay Harris could make plays. And, and you saw he's capable of doing that. But, again, he didn't have that many catches. There were still that many catches. And I thought it was a really smart game plan, a really good game plan. And is it similar 
do we see the receivers being used more? Do we see more slants, hitches, screens, things of that nature? So I think it, I, I'm interested to see how Sean Payton coaches against Matt Rule. Um, but I, I think it could be something, like you said, 24, 20, 27, 24. That's probably where I'm going to go. With yeah. I, I think the Saints can still score. In, 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 uh, you, know, you mentioned Payton and Rule. Joe Brady, now that he has McCaffrey really back in the playbook and can open up his full playbook versus Dennis Allen, who, you know, as a defensive coordinator, um, he's – I mean, I'll, I'll tip my cap to him. Week one, the Saints were good. The defense has improved uh, over the years under him. And so that battle, that chess match, something I'm really anxious to see as well. Gus Cattengale has been our guest this morning. We're going to let him run. We'll chat again next week. Same time, same place. We'll see uh, what the Saints have in store for week three against New England and how they do tomorrow. And we'll dig into all of that coming up next week in the meantime give gus a follow at gcat underscore one seven that's at g-k-a-t-t underscore one seven check him out at espn 100.3 in new orleans with the sports hangover you know gus uh maddie hudak goes on with you quite a bit over there and she um whenever my friend james butler a former ul and nfl wide receiver comes in studio she always she always joins us for a segment and uh it's it's a blast, man. It's fun. And uh, I know that, you know, she knows her stuff. And when she's on with you, I, I enjoy it as well. So just wanted to give Maddie a shout out before I let you run. No, it's awesome, man. Yeah, we love having her on. And uh, it's fun, man, to get all many, as many different voices as we can about the team and kind of seeing different people from different perspectives and angles. And anytime I get to go after her for, uh, we went back and forth about was it, whether it was going to be dinner, Jason Mills. She was a Hill fan, but she loves her some Ian Book. So, when you talk oh, to her, yeah. make sure you. Oh no, you, we you we, we know about Ian the Ian Book sure. thing. Oh no, we that was that was brought up for sure. Uh, in the meantime, brother, I appreciate the time. All the best, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, man. Thank you, Scott. As always, you got it. That is our good friend Gus Cattengale. When we come back, Billy Napier and the players. Couple players after. The game last night, Louisiana versus Ohio at Cajun Field. We'll talk attendance. We'll talk the game itself. We'll open up phone lines at 269-1077. Plenty more coming your way. It's the Great Scott Show on a Friday. We'll be right back after this. Scared money don't make money. Is your garage door made of wood? Well, it needs a little tender loving care. Up next, from Acadiana Garage Doors. Wooden garage doors come with their own needs. Now, they often use the same mechanics as metal doors, but they have to be checked from time to time for water damage and warping. And it's a good thing to wash your garage door regularly with a mild soap, whether it's wood or steel, at least a couple of times a year. For more great ideas, visit AcadianaGarageDoors.com. At Acadiana Garage Doors, it's not only important to know our product, it's important to know what the trends are. We have three collections that we go off of. With house trends, we are leaning more towards our Hillcrest option. Maybe one of your older homes that are kind of set back up maybe 20 years plus that you might want to stick with a more traditional look of the raised panel or long raised panel that kind of updates the home a little bit. Thanks, Aaron, for being a big part of our team. Acadiana Garage Doors and AcadianaGarageDoors.com. 
If you want to be part of a family and not just get a job, PCMS is perfect for you. PCMS, Professional Cleaning and Maintenance Services. Shayla Lang oversees recruitment. Shayla, what kind of opportunities do you have? So whether they're looking for part-time work or full-time, we have opportunities for them. Now, those opportunities are just in Lafayette. No, definitely not just a Lafayette thing. We serve all of Acadiana, so there's definitely a place for you wherever you live. Now, Shayla, when someone joins the PCMS team, you're going to teach them everything they need to know about the PCMS way. We show them how to clean, what tools to use, as well as our PCMS protocol. We like to set each employee up for success as best as we can. How do you apply? To apply with PCMS, you can head over to our website. It's under the employment tab, and it says apply now. Looks like your future just got a little brighter. PCMS, using their proven cost-effective cleaning methods to give you the peace of mind your employees and customers need while protecting your bottom line. Find them online at PCMServe.com or call 330-8430. Count on the professional cleaning team at PCMServe.com. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. What up, Saints fans? Hey, do you want tickets to each home game? For the road games, would you want to throw an ultimate party? Well, guess what? We're giving you the chance to do both all season long. ESPN 1420 is offering all of our listeners the ultimate Saints experience, made possible by our friends at Laborde Earls. For each home game, we're giving away a pair of plaza-level seats along with passes to the fully catered Saints VIP tailgate party with free food and an open bar before the game. What about when the black and gold is on the road? Well, thanks to our friends at Legends, a weekly winner for every away game, we'll get to throw an epic black and gold party either at home or at Legends with the Legends tailgate prize pack. It includes 10 burgers, 10 wraps, and 20 bags of chips that you can enjoy at Legends or from the comfort of your own home. The deadline to enter each week is Thursday at midnight with the exception of Thursday game weeks. Make sure that winner can be you. Head to the ESPN 1420 app and click on Saints with the ticket emoji right on the home screen, and that's where you enter to win. It's simple, it's free, and it's easy, and it could be you, the winner of the ultimate Saints experience from Laborde Earls, Legends, and ESPN 1420. My name is William Yank. I'm a 23-year-old, three-time leukemia survivor. Leukemia Lymphoma Homeless Society was this unforeseen blessing for me because I wouldn't have been able to get CAR-T cell therapy. Ways that I advocate for cancer is probably mostly through my podcast and my Instagram or TikTok. It's so vitally important that we have the Leukemia Lymphoma Society on our side. To give or get help, visit LLS.org. You asked, we delivered. No, not pizza. It's our ESPN 1420 smartphone app, and it's on the free free in the App Store or Google Play. Take us everywhere you go. Yep, even there. ESPN 1420. The ESPN 1420 app is waiting for you to tap it. One little finger, one little finger, one little finger. Tap, tap, tap. Listen to Louisiana Raging Cajun Sports, along with the best sports talk on the bayou. Tap that app. Let's go, let's do it. The ESPN 1420 app, available for download in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. What up, sports fans? This is Shaq, and you're listening to The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. And there's the snap. They got it away. Johnson, touchdown, Louisiana. 
Ronald Johnson. Touchdown number four. And Louisiana leads 34 to 14. Now you do that uno, dos, tres, cuatro. That is it. Four times for number four. Montrell Johnson just finds a way again. Hugs that football and goes in the pay dirt for another Louisiana touchdown. Scared money don't make money. into the great scott show everybody coming at you on a friday phone lines are open at 269-1077 269-1077 you tweet the show at espn1420 you can email me directly scott at espn1420.com Weather forecast today, partly cloudy, 50% chance of showers, a high of 88. Tonight, partly cloudy, 40% chance of showers, a low of 75. Got plenty of high school football in the area for you tonight. On these airwaves, you got Denham Springs and Cecilia. Mike the Bar- Bernard, they call him the bandit. He has the call. But uh, if you want to keep up with all of the scores tonight, We've got him up for you. ESPN1420.com will update him throughout the night. Northside played last night. They fought a West St. Mary 48-35. Welsh beat Hamilton Christian 28-14. Tons of games tonight. Over on Classic Rock 105.1, we've got Acadiana hosting LCA. That's a huge one. Over on Talk Radio 960, Ascension Episcopal hosting North Vermillion. And over on Newstock 96.5, KVL Turlings hosting Barb. As we said right here, Cecilia Denham Springs. Big ones. Big performance last night for Louisiana as they finally put together a game that they felt good about. Uh, As Napier said after the game, you know, there were probably eight to ten plays that we left out on the field that we could be better with. But, you know, outside of that, it felt more like, as uh, the players were saying in the locker room afterwards, Raging Cajun football. Coach Napier talked after the game, but the first thing he did was talk about the crowd. I want to thank all the people that came out tonight. You know, I know it's uh, tough um, when it's, uh, you know, middle of the week, you know, game, but certainly the people uh, that showed up affected the game. We certainly appreciate the support. Another great student, um, you know, showing, man. It's awesome to see that. I know our players appreciate that and certainly to represent our university and our community on national tv is a big deal so we're thankful for that i just really want to um you know i think our staff did an unbelievable job you know really um taking the first two weeks experience uh, and using that to motivate our team make the necessary adjustments uh their input you know into what our team needed to hear um and you know, the way that we went about getting ready for this game, I think, was huge. So the staff did a terrific job. Um, you know, just their input from a leadership standpoint, I thought was awesome. And certainly, uh, we coached much better in the game. And uh, more importantly, I thought our players played with a certain level of pride. Um, you know, we, we, we've we been embarrassed, to be quite honest about it. And uh, I knew last week that we were onto something when we stood in the locker room after a win. Um, and nobody was really pleased with the way we won. 
And I think that's a good thing, right? I think that when there's a standard and expectation for not only winning the game, you know, but how you do it, right? Um, I think that speaks to the veteran team that we have. Uh, they accepted the challenge and took ownership, and uh, we played much better. That's that's more like it. Um, there's certainly going to be 8, 10, 12 plays in that game that we can do much better. Uh, but we stuck, We took some steps forward in the areas of our team where we, we haven't been performing well, uh, and that's always good to see. So, ESPN1420.com, that's uh, Coach Billy Napier. After last night's game, Louisiana beats Ohio 49-14. Phone lines open 269-1077. Let's head to line one. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Hey, Scott. Can you hear me? I hear you just fine, brother. What's going on? Hey, Scott. This is Austin. Good morning. Good morning, uh, my man. first time calling into the show. Yeah, bro. I see you're on the caller ID. I, I, I know who this is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, normally I'm not up this early, but uh, I, I was this morning, so I figured I'd give you a call. Um, just had a couple of takeaways from last night's game. I, uh, I was definitely really encouraged to see, uh, us get back to running the ball that the way I know we can, we, uh, we hit both the Shane Vallow's benchmarks with the 300 yards and 42 points. So that was great. Um, I definitely thought the turning point in the game was us flipping the half. I mean, uh, that middle eight is so important. And you think about it. I mean, the last time Ohio touched the ball before half, it was 14 to seven. And the next time they did, it was 28 to seven. So you can't overstate that. And they were, and, and, and um, there, there's something gutting about fourth and goal from the one. It's such a momentum shifting play. And I guess the one at the end of the half was maybe third and goal from the one, but it, it essentially was a fourth in that there's a second left on the, in the game, in the, in the half. So, um, basically two make or break plays either way. And, uh, if you're on the wrong side of it, man, it, uh, and you're the road team and it's a long sort of physical drive. I get the one before the half wasn't long. It was in the two minutes, but certainly the one to start the third was that, um, that's hard to come back from it. it from the, from then on out, it was just, uh, it was kind of just, you know, the Cajuns game to, to, to just keep running and be physical, but no, I, I think I think you 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 hit it the nail on the head there. The going for it and look, it was, I mean, he got in, but that's that's almost as close as it can get. I mean, Coach Napier said afterwards, he said it was a little too close to comfort, but um, shoot, it worked. Johnson got in. First contact was like you know at the four, uh, the lower contact where it wasn't just somebody you know touching them with their hand was at the two. And he was able to keep enough balance. And uh, as Billy said last night, look, we don't, we, we always tell guys, don't reach for the goal line unless it's like a fourth and goal type of situation where it's make or break. And when it's the end of the half and either you, you, you get points or you don't, it's that kind of situation. So he reached and, um, you know, half of that football got across the, the goal line, you know, got across the white. And at six, PAT is good. And you're going into the half feeling very different. Than if it's fourteen to seven and you just left seven points out on the field. Yeah, that's definitely the kind of play where I think reaching would be okay. Um, but I, I think uh, if there was any question about the, uh, you know, who our short down yardage back is going to be, that was definitely answered definitively. Um, 
as well as our future at running back. I mean, gosh, with the way Bailey and Johnson looked, running downhill, running hard after contact, I was really, really encouraged to see that. Um, and both of them being freshmen, it's going to be dangerous. But um, the last thing I had was that uh, I was kind of – I was kind of uh, baffled by Ohio's, the way they handled their quarterback situation, because it seemed like, um, you know, the Cajuns kind of have a history of struggling against mobile quarterbacks who like to break the pocket. And um, you saw a little bit of that last night in the first half. We were kind of having problems with uh, their big guy, Rogers. And um, it seemed like in the second half, I don't know, maybe there was an injury we didn't know about, or they felt like they had to, to throw the ball more to get back in the game, but they really kind of went away from him more and more. And that was the only thing they really had on their offense that was working. So I wasn't really sure why they stopped doing that. I'll have an answer for you here in just a second, because Lorenzo McCaskill was asked specifically about that after the game about, um, you know, the quarterback, the, 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 basically the, the changes from half to half. I'll go ahead and play it for you right now. He explained it, football terminology, but uh, it makes sense. What did y'all do to just completely shut down their running game in the second half? Yeah, so we we knew um, 18 got in the game that he was going to be the running quarterback uh, a lot more than number seven. And um, they were running uh, counter G.Y. with the running back. So we when we fit G.Y., we only have two uh, guys that fit. So they have three guys that were pulling. So um, <clears throat> once uh, Coach Tony seen that, we made an adjustment at halftime we put the safety in a fit to help both of the backers and um, that it was no more of that play. So that, that was a good job by them, by uh, knowing what we do, and, uh, but we adjusted to it after halftime. So there you have it, right? It was <laughs> coach, uh, coach Tony, the D coordinator is, is Lorenzo referenced there. And that's the reason why it changes half to half. You know, what do you do at halftime? Sometimes it's not what the other team is or isn't doing. It's what you do to adjust and, they made the right adjustment, and then Ohio just pretty much said, okay, well, this isn't working anymore. Let's try something else. Before they could, you know, they were down by three scores, and that changes your game plan a little as well. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see because that was something I really feel like we didn't do a great job of in the first two games was make those second-half defensive adjustments. So it was good to see the turnaround and only gave up seven points in the second half. Well, I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate you taking the call. Uh Scared money don't make money. Go Cajuns. Scared money don't make money, you know. Oh, I can't wait to play that over and over when I talk to him just to see if he if he doesn't like it. If he, I mean, This thing was trending last night on Twitter. Scared money don't make money. He was asked, you know, about going for it for the touchdown at the end of the, the first half there and uh, going into the tunnel. Scared money don't make money, you know. That's uh, that's you had to, the the casino this weekend or a sports book. You might hear that quite a bit from some. Scared money don't make money. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Appreciate the call. If you want to get in two six nine ten seventy seven two six nine one zero seven seven. Uh, be safe out on the road. Accident reported fifteen minutes ago in Broussard. Uh, on uh, North Morgan Avenue and U.S. Highway 90. Sheriff there assisting. Uh, they got traffic control reported five minutes ago at 600 Street in Youngsville. Um, nothing else in, in the last hour being reported. So not a long list for the traffic control, but just a reminder, guys, be safe out on the road and uh, enjoy yourselves.
ESPN 1420. We're going to get back to the phone lines in a second. Real quick, before we do, our Ultimate Saints tailgate contest. You, you, you probably just heard the ad in the last commercial break, the promo. So for road games, we're, be, we're giving away uh, every Friday morning um, basically a, a, a Saints party. Right, you can either have a party at home or you can have a party at Legends, and I mean a party just you and your your your, your friends. The ultimate Saints experience. If you click on Saints on our app, you go on our app, you'll see right in the middle, little ticket emoji Saints underneath. You click on it, you sign up. You only have to sign up once, and then you are eligible to win every single week this season. The ultimate Saints experience made possible by our friends uh, at Labord Earls. So for home games, you get tickets to the game. You get two tickets. You get uh, plaza-level seats. You get fully catered. Uh, you get access to fully catered Saints VIP tailgate area. That's free food and an open bar before the game. And when the Saints are on the road, the Legends prize pack, the, F, the, the black and gold party at home, or Legends, 10 burgers, 10 wraps, 20 bags of chips, and you can enjoy them either at Legends with just you and some of your closest friends and family or in the comfort of your home. Either way, deadline to enter each week is Thursday at midnight with the exception of the Thursday game week. It's a little earlier. Our winner this morning is Debbie Bear. Shout out, Debbie. Congratulations, Debbie. You are the ultimate Saints winner this week for the uh, the ultimate Saints experience. All right. We'll be doing that every Friday, guys. Come on, sign up. It could be you. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Scott Show. Hello. Uh, yes, what was the attendance last night? 17,709 was the announced attendance. Wow. Why the big come down from last week? Did Nichols bring that many people? No, it was it, it was a disappointing crowd in my opinion, but it was a combination of being a Thursday night game and Probably some people not sure if it was going to rain, um, stuff like that. But, you know, I hear that a lot. It's still still not enough, if you ask me. But um, I, I'm also, to be honest, not surprised that, you know, it was about 7,000 less. People in, if you're only going to put seventeen to 20,000 people in a stadium, why are, you, why, why are they getting millions and millions of dollars from all these people to renovate it to put... 50,000 when they're not going to ever get 50,000. Well, I don't know that they're renovating it to to add, you know, 10,000, 15,000 more seats. That's not like the part of the renovation they're going with. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. Well, that's not what they're not adding 15,000 seats in the renovation. No. No, they have they have the seats. They just can't put people put butts. Yeah, in them. but but that that's not that's not what you said. You just asked why they were adding more to add fifty thousand seats, and that's not what they're doing. I'm just correcting you on that point. So you're just trying to make it look nicer. Well, you you, you want to upgrade your facility? Yeah, Cajun. Look, Cajun Field is <laughs> it's an old facility. It needs a face. Yeah, you, know, you said you know, on a Thursday night. What well, what else are students doing on Thursday nights? They're not. They haven't gone home for the weekend. There were the the students there last night were were loud and active. You know the overall crowd. They they, for the most part, with the exception of the game against App State on a Wednesday two years ago, the midweek crowds leave a little bit to be desired. No no argument for me there, brother. All right, you're getting a ton of feedback. Sounds like you're in a a hurricane or something. ESPN fourteen twenty at dot com. 
17709. It was not the turnout you got Saturday, and yet, was it a surprise? Thursday game with rain in the forecast, though it didn't rain. It was a nice evening. Uh, and tell you what, man, that $2 domestic beer line they had, huh, pretty good. People were, people were enjoying that one last night. I walked around the lower bowl for a little while just to get a feel for you know, the concessions, the difference between last week and this week and things like that. And, you know, the fans that were there last night were loud. They were active, but still got to do better. Bottom line, got to do better. If You, you know, you got a, a program that's getting votes in the top 25, one of the more renowned coaching staffs in college football, particularly in the G5. But for the ones that did show up, I know, uh, I know the team appreciated it. ESPN1420.com, hello. Hey, good morning, Scott. Scott, man, uh, not taking anything away from UL because I thought they looked pretty damn good last night. Um, but man, that, that team of high was 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 horrible. I mean, that was that they were they were bad, dude. I mean, they got some high school teams that could probably beat them in Louisiana. Um, Scott, until we use this excuse every year about the crowd, it's not going to get any better until they get out of the conference. It's just not appealing football games. I wouldn't want to go that game last night. So if, if, so if, if UL played Ohio and UL was in the AAC, you would have gone? In the what? If they played in the AAC, no, you would have I'm gone? Saying. But there's more than one of these games a year that, 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 that there's nobody. They play nobodies. Uh, it's, just not, it's just not a good – UL is good, but it's just not a good opponents they play. I don't want to go watch trash. So so that's, so that's, so what so what opponent would you like there to be on a Thursday night that you would have gone? I'm t- I'm just saying in general they need to get out of the conference if they want. The <clears> butts I, I I'm not period. I'm asking you. Look look I'm just I'm asking you what 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 conference realistically uh, could they currently be in that would have uh, gotten you to go to the Thursday night game? Any other conference? I mean, like, so if they, they were in the AAC, you would have gone to the game last night. Not if they were to play that team is my point. But well, what does that have to do? What does that have to do with the? What does that have to do with the conference? The conference isn't good. The Sun Belt. I, I the like, Sun Belt. I, I, the I Sun Belt like, currently I, is probably the best G five conference, and it will be man, once once the you. AAC leaves. So but so, my question so to you is, what do you expect? They're not about to go to a P five. That's not a realistic scenario. So I'm if you're of the mindset, God. unless they're in a Power Five, I'm never going to go to a game. Then you're probably never going to go to a game. I, I go to games. That's just it. I go to games. But I'm not going to watch them play a high school, barely a, a college team. I mean, Magnets probably could have beat them last night. So you're going to you're going to go you're going to go you're going to go to the game. Are you going to Are you going to go to the game against Ab State? Absolutely. On a Tuesday night? Absolutely. All right. I'm going. Well then, well, well, if they if they weren't well, if they weren't in the Sun Belt, guess what? They wouldn't be playing that game. So, I'm just saying we use excuses every year. Why did I feel it's it not up? an excuse? <laughs> they should get called. The, the people that seventeen thousand seven hundred nine is bad. But I'm it's I'm bad. not I'm not saying that's good. I'm arguing your point of I would be there if it was a different conference. When you just said regardless of the conference, you wouldn't go to last night's game, but you will be going to the next midweek game, which is a conference game. Right, a, a, a couple games, but, but just, so, I'm just, I'm just, uh, all I'm doing is, all I'm doing is pointing out a few holes in your reasoning. I'm not sitting right, here making excuses for last night's last night's attendance. No, I'm not fine, doing that. Let's see how many they have on a. Let's see how many they have more on a Saturday. 
Oh, well, last Saturday they had a lot more. They had a lot more because it was beautiful weather and it was on a Saturday. I get it. Saturday crowds are, well, you had, you had 7,000 more this, uh, then you had 7,000 more five days ago. But the reality is this guys, when you play, when you, when you're in the, when you're in whatever conference it is, the big, you get, you're going to get bigger checks from TV money than right. a game day attendance, right? And Absolutely. when you agree to a TV contract, whether it's the Sun Belt, AAC, SEC, whatever conference it is, you're not going to say no to that money. First of all, you're not, you know, right. I mean, you're always going to no, take right. it. Right. And then the conference then works with, in this case, ESPN and the Sun Belt when those games are played. So it's not like UL or mm-hmm. App State or anyone in the Sun Belt has a say as to when those games are definitely right. going to happen. So there's some things that are out no, of their control. Right, understandable. Hey, hey, look, Scott. Even if this game was on a Saturday, I don't want to use. I don't want. You're not using an excuse as a Thursday. But even if it was played on a Saturday, I might go and watch that game on a Saturday. Yeah, you were. You they weren't. You were. Figures. You didn't. You weren't into Ohio. I get it. I mean, if it was a, it was a no, team that was almost ranked. But in terms of the conference, I mean, the Sun Belt was the only Group of Five conference. The, the Sun Belt is not what it used to be. I guess is my point in terms of football. It used to be the worst conference in college football. Now it's yeah. not. Thank you, you Scott, man. I gotta go, buddy. Appreciate Thank it. You. It's not anymore. You know the it, different conference. I mean, it had nothing to do with last night's game. You were playing a, a school in the MAC. You didn't want to go see him. That's fine. Some people don't care who it is. They're just going to support the team regardless. But as far as conference goes, the you know there's, there's another midweek game, and you say you're going by because it's good competition. And guess what conference they play in? Two six nine ten seventy seven. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Morning, Scott. How are you, Mike? What's up, brother? Hey, uh, just a comment for the, one of the previous callers who talked about the uh, city of renovation. My understanding is the actual attendance, uh, excuse me, capacity limit will actually drop from yeah. forty thousand, slightly above thirty thousand. The whole aspect of the of the refurbishing is to make it more comfortable and amenities for the fans who do go. Yes, it but needs actual- it needs a facelift. It needs it needs the upgrades. It has nothing to do with adding seats and. Once, once that point was made, he, you know, he changed the subject and started yelling about something else and ignored the fact that yeah, he was he, wrong well, about he, the first point. Well, that's the number. In case he was worried about the number, yes, the number is going down. And, yes, the tennis needs to be better. But uh, I have a suggestion. I'd like the conference to actually go to the ESPN and say, hey, let's limit the number of times a team can play in the middle of the week to two per season. Three per season this year, actually a second season tickets. I know people who live out of town who didn't buy season tickets mm-hmm. because of the three Thursday games. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that would be a compromise. I know you still need a lot of you get money from this. There is an advantage to this SBN deal, however, that all those road basketball games and some of the baseball games you see in the winter and spring, that's part of on ESPN Plus. That's yeah. part of this deal with ESPN. So there all these go. games you still have to listen to say on the radio, which a lot of people still do, myself included. Is you wouldn't get to see him without this deal, so it's a trade-off. People may not realize that. It, it, you, you know, I'm glad you brought up that point, Mike. I, I, I'll be honest. I just football's kind of the the driver of conference realignment of TV deals and everything else. But you still, at times, at least for me and many, you, you can forget about all the other aspects that come with it. Um, you know, I, I will say this about just the last caller, Chad, not the one before that. I mean, it, you know, I. Pointing out, when I point out, you know, midweek crowd, weather in the forecast, I'm not saying that that's an excuse. I'm just saying that that makes a huge difference. I mean, we have enough history to tell us that. I'm not saying, oh, well, that's a good reason. You know, you want to do better when you finally got a program that, uh, I say finally, when you currently have a program, rather, that 
is, I think, is the deepest the team's ever been. A coach that is, um, you know, got a lot of national prestige and recognition uh, that's brought some cachet to the program. And, um, and it, you know, it, you, you, would, you would want it, you would expect it to be better than it is. But pointing yeah, things uh, out, when uh, someone asks why and I answer it, that's not an excuse. I'm not saying, cool, that, that makes sense. I'm just pointing out the reasons why. I wasn't, I wasn't surprised last night that, uh, you know, 17-709. And <clears throat> I will say this, though, the students that were there were, were loud as hell. You know, I think last year, and, and you know, midweek game, the students, well, you know, last year was last year. I'm not going to say anything about last year. It was totally different with COVID and everything else. But you get my drift. Yeah, and I actually think we're going to do much better against App State on the opponent, like previous Cobo. But also, you'll have time to promote that game, especially if we can win these two road games. Yeah, no, this will uh, be big. You want to start out 2-0 and in conference, um, and then App, you know, they've got – I mean, App's got – I think before that game, they well, they're going to win Saturday. They're playing in FCS school. But they got Marshall and Georgia State. I think they'll be uh, – and they almost, you know, they almost beat Miami on the road, who's ranked – so I, I think you're going to have two one-loss teams in a game that, you know, with the exception of last year, was a game that decided home field advantage in the conference championship game. And, you know, App State is a team the Cages have not played well against at all. I mean, they've beaten them one time since App's been in conference. And, uh, you know, it's at Cajun Field. So, yeah, I, I think that game on October 12th is going to have a, uh, a bigger crowd, certainly, than you had last night. Yeah, well, again, you, 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 the South Alabama game will be, assuming we still have a success, you'll have 10 days between the games. There'll be a lot of time for promoters. There wasn't a lot of time for both last night's game uh, because of the five days and all the focuses on the concessions. And kudos to Dr. Maggot and his staff and his team for actually fixing that issue. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Thought, hey, yeah. Man, this is like a private business would have done. You know, the cost of root cause analysis an issue and go fix it, you know. Sometimes I'm surprised when government entities do something like that, but they're pleasantly surprised last night. In fact, it was good. You know, I pointed it out. I went and checked it out just so I could get a feel for it. And um, you know, I think someone tweeted and they're like, "Oh, well, yeah." I mean, smaller crowd. I'm like, "Look, that's certainly the lines aren't as long, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that." But if you're actually there, the 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 swiftness to which they were moving, the amount of cash stations. Um, you know the uh, the card readers were moving quickly. I mean, there were the lines weren't as long, but they weren't they weren't getting as long one because people weren't having to wait as long in them because they were moving quicker. There weren't as many people because there were seven thousand less there, but everything was moving so swiftly. So the biggest issue from last Saturday, undoubtedly, the work they put into it, um, it made a difference. I mean, it was it was fixed last night. There's no question. One more part about the game. You know, last night's game was on the flagship ESPN, and I think that and with the weeknight of having it available on you know on regular cable, I think also affected the crowd. Even already this morning, affected people who were watching it. It was and the I, I only game, man. It was the only college football game, uh, FCS college football game last night. And you're right. You know, people go watch it on on the regular tube if they're not into the streaming deal. But you also, you know, to that point. That 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 shot from the camera, it's always going to be on, you know, the student section and the Cajun Dome side. And, you know, that section is not full like the season ticket side. And you want it to look good on national TV. And, um, you know, it, it just it doesn't. I mean, yeah. it, from a crowd standpoint, it just doesn't. There's no way to sugarcoat it. 
Yeah, and it'll it'll be better next time. Yeah, much much better. All right, I'll let you go, Scott. Have a good day. All right, we got three breaks. We still got to get in. Let me take one more quick one, and then we'll head to the uh, commercial break. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hey, Scott. What's up? What's happening? Hey, man. Uh, just listening to your show. Kind of a first time listener. Um, you know, and I'm 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 listening to some of this stuff, like this guy saying Ohio was a high school team. And get off that stuff, brother. Let me tell you, you're talking about, oh, nobody knows about him and all that. I read, and I, I read this stuff because two of my children graduated from App State. I lived in North Carolina for 25 years. That game against Elon Saturday, Elon. If you've ever been to Elon, you know what Elon is. Sold out. They have sold out that game. So no excuses for the students. When I was a student, Thursday night, that's when the clock started for the weekend. So uh, proud yeah, to be back, yeah, proud yeah. to be a raging Cajun, you know, proud to be a season ticket holder again. Uh, hard, hardcore fans are going to be at the games no matter what, and ones that, you know, and that caller, he's also an LSU fan, and, and he goes to various games. Oh. I mean, um, I'm shocked. You, well, <laughs> look, you know, if he said he'll be at the App State game, for some, it, for some it takes a good bit, for others it it doesn't. They're going to be there no matter what. It is what it is. I mean, he's he's entitled to his own opinion. I just I can't buy into the conference thing. I might have I might have no, bought into no. it a little bit ten years ago, but not no, not yeah. currently. Not unless you say, no, well, if they're no. in a P five. Well, guess what? That's not realistic. So uh, certainly yeah, not no. not right it, now it, in the year twenty twenty one. And you know, to your point, App State sold out their general tickets for Saturday's game against Elon, an FCS opponent. Um, uh, right. You know, the, the football success they've had at that school is the reason Carl Benson added them, you know, 11 years ago, 10 years ago with conference realignment. He went, you know, Yang when everyone went Yin and, you know, doing so is proven to be a, a big difference maker for why the Sun Belt right now, especially when the AAC loses their four, you know, golden gooses uh, will be right up there, yeah. you know. But I <laughs> tell yeah, you what, yeah. man, Keith Gill, you know, he's – the AAC isn't just going to sit there and take it. They're going to make some moves, and uh, every every AD is going to do what's best for their program. And right now the Sun Belt has an opportunity to either take a big step forward or possibly take a step back depending on how this, this recruitment battle goes between Keith Gill and the commissioner of the AAC. It's a big – this is a big moment right now yeah. for Keith Gill. He takes a lot of heat. I've been critical of him. I've even told him as much when I saw him in New Orleans about some things – but if he can win this battle, then it turns out that, okay, probably the most important part of his job, he uh, he took care of business. If he loses this battle or if he, you know, if, if they take any step back, it's a it's a net loss and, and he's he's failed. So this is a big moment for him, no doubt. It, it, you're right. And if the, the conference loads up with, with Marshall and Rice and USM and name a uh, fourth team, mm. we're all, we're all going to be the better for it. No question, man. Wait, well, hey, uh, let me ask you real quick. Right, what uh, what part of North Carolina did you live in? Western North Carolina, Rutherford County, armpit of North Carolina. Hey, the, so uh, you know, I I used to um, used to work summers out there. You know, a lot of summer camps in North Carolina, but the western part of the state and around Brevard yeah. and, and that area, kind of outside of Asheville. But uh, I love North Carolina for the yeah. record. Pretty, you know, it's a nice place to visit, but you don't want to live there. 
Well, I've only been there in the summertime. <laughs> when I, it's, I, I, I went there one time for wedding in the winter, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's totally different right now than it is in the summer when you can just smell that fresh air. You know what I mean? That's uh, true. You're, you got it right, brother. Well, I appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks Have for listening. One. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues after this. Lines lit up. We'll get to some more of them. Speaking of lines, some point before I get out of here, betting lines for NFL Week 2. Which way to lean? Which way to go? How are the Saints against the spread when the line falls between minus three and plus three? Well, you'll find out. Coming up, don't go anywhere. It's ESPN 1420. Oh, how good was it, guys, to see the teams back out on the gridiron, to see NFL football back on our TVs? And lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting us in the center of the action for week two, putting you in the center of the action because new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit by signing up for the DraftKings fantasy app using code 1420. Get in on the action now. That's code 1420. How do you play simple? Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up. That's it. Compete. Feel the NFL action like you've never felt it before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with that first deposit. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Acadiana Prescription Shop in the heart of Lafayette in Lafayette's Oil Center is open and following all guidelines to keep you and your family safe when picking up prescriptions. Acadiana Prescription Shop is a local pharmacy. They know everyone by name. It's amazing how the employees know practically everyone by their first name. Acadiana Prescription Shop also has their original toot and scoot service that remains open for your convenience. You drive up, toot your horn, and they'll come out to your vehicle and take care of your prescriptions. They have a mobile prescription app. Downloading their app is another way you'll save time. Acadiana Prescription Shop fills all prescriptions in three to five minutes. How's that for fast? Acadiana Prescription Shop is following all guidelines to keep you and your family safe when picking up prescriptions, as Acadiana keeps going strong. When it comes to a local pharmacy, there's only one choice. Acadiana Prescription Shop, oil center next to Champagne's, online at AcadianaRx.com. That's AcadianaRx.com. So you think you have unlimited data? Recalculating. Think again. If you're on a network you can't trust, then your data is limited, and so are you. Get unlimited and save with Total Wireless. Get four lines with unlimited data on 5G from the network more Americans depend on with 100 gigabytes at high speed than 2G for just $25 a month per line. You have arrived at your destination. Total Wireless. Do amazing. Available at Target. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. See terms and conditions at TotalWireless.com. Vermilion Roofing and Construction, a locally and veteran-owned company, is devoted to providing professional, top-notch services. Vermilion's team offers roof replacements, including shingles and standing seam metal, window replacements, or siding installation. Vermilion Roofing is licensed, fully insured, and A-rated by the BBB, a proud UL alumni who supports Townsquare Media as the flagship home of the Ragin' Cajun Sports Network. Call Vermilion Roofing and Construction today at 873 1960. That's 873-1960 to request a free estimate. Oh, come on again. 
Copy or down again? Need something more reliable? Looking for one product that will do it all? Print, copy, scan, and fax? Call Louisiana Office Systems, your authorized dealer for Samsung and Kyocera award-winning multifunction copiers and printers, both color and black and white. Louisiana Office Systems certified and factory-trained service team is committed to getting their customers up and running in minimal time. Check them out at 233-1216-233-1216 or LouisianaOfficeSystems.com. It's good to see the teams back out on the gridiron. Lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting you in the center of the action for week two. New customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit by signing up using code LA Sports. Get in on the action now. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stand at the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at millions. Millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code LA Sports. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter code LA Sports to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. That's code LA Sports. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Insurance claims must be properly documented. Having the right attorney can make all the difference in the world. Spencer. Callahan is the one to see. Call 465 Primary office in Baton Rouge. Have you downloaded the ESPN 1420 app yet? No. <laughs> Why not? Just tap that app and hear ESPN 1420 programming worldwide. Download the ESPN 1420 app in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. The Great Scott Show. This ain't golf. This ain't tennis. It ain't about me. It's about us. On Sports Radio ESPN 1420. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Scared money don't make money. Did Coach Napier just create a new new battle cry? More on that over at ESPN1420.com. I'll tell you this, every sports gambling podcast out there and show is probably going to use that clip. If you don't know what I'm referencing... Last night after Louisiana went for it on, you know, goal to go, a second left in the first half, 14-7, and got the ball across the goal line. He was asked about it after the game. And the quote was born. Smile on his face, got trending across social media. Many who weren't even watching the game were commenting on this. Man, this is good stuff. 
Was it a touchdown? Was it a goal line stand? It was second and goal, but it, it, it might as well have been a fourth and goal because if you don't get it, boom, it's over, half's over. But scared money don't make money, right, Coach? Scared money don't make money, you know? Nope. It was good stuff. Heck of a play, too. Doesn't overturn it. This may give us a better look. Oh, that looked that, that looked, looked like it was it. It looked like it was close. And then from there, they're up 21-7. They get the ball to start the second half, go down the field. And uh, that really is pretty much the beginning of the end for Ohio as uh, Louisiana racked up 568 yards of total offense last night. And uh, really just, you know, put together a game where afterwards, as they said, it was something that, they could be proud of, or as linebacker Lorenzo McCaskill said, in terms of how they performed, they needed it. Oh, we needed it. We needed it. those first two games was not raising Cajuns. That was not raising Cajun football. Um, so we needed this. We need to get back to ourselves and um, we'll throw this away after 24 hours and get ready for um, conference play. You know, we're going to enjoy this win and, and get ready for how we're supposed to play. Running the ball. No one ran for over 100. But collectively, the team rushed for over 300. Shane Vallow, Rage Occasion starting center, told us this week, he was on with me for a one-on-one Wednesday, said, you know, our goal is to get over 300 rushing in a game to score 42 or more in a game. And some people snickered, said, oh, yeah, you're going to do that? First two games, you couldn't run the ball. Well, they went out last night, and they, they did just that. And Monty Bailey said, you know, it was just about running violently and, of course, when I heard him say that, I had to jump in and ask, could you have some specificity there? Amani, could you describe what running violently consists of? Just being unorthodox, you know, just playing with a different mentality, you know, just because we have all 11 guys coming at us and we have to have a different mindset. Just, you know, just run the ball and just keep chopping and keep running. And that's what, that's what you know, basically being violent means, you know, just having the Good mindset, good mentality to keep pushing. Coach Napier more on the run game last night between Bailey, Johnson, and Chris Smith. Well, you know, I mean, I think um, in the first two games, we've been rolling the backs like we always do. You know, uh, Chris, Samani, and Montreal, all three, I thought, came to play tonight. You know, I mean, I think their attitude, their demeanor, uh, the precision in which that they played, their eye-disciplined footwork. Uh, and, you know, simply put, we just blocked them better, you know, across the board. I thought every position group did their part relative to affecting the running game. Uh, but Montreal, you know, much like we told you guys, like we guys in um, training camp, was a bright spot. We've been seeing that, um, you know, for a long time now. So it was good to see that and certainly – I thought all three backs were very effective tonight and uh, went about it the right way. You know, Chris was uh, really good early, you know, close to breaking a few. And I thought Monty was exceptional uh, throughout the night. So, you know, we're, we're a three back team and, uh, you know, we've got a lot of confidence in all three of those players. And I think like I've told you guys before, Amani and Montreal will only continue to improve as they get more experience. And we saw a little bit of that tonight. ESPN 1420. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. What's up, Kyle? Okay. Scott, I guess I'm getting old, but you have to help me out a little bit here. Okay. I noticed the Cajuns 
I guess after they do something really good or touchdown or whatever, they have like the spirit stick. And then I guess now they got the bling, whatever, whatever that chain is they wear. But I noticed Ohio had not only the spirit stick and the bling, they had the army helmet, the king's crown, and a throne that you had to sit on if you do something good. It seemed like you're doing all of that. You're going to be wore out by the time you get ready to go back and play football again. <laughs> what, what, is, what is the deal with all of that stuff? I'm, I'm going to hang up and listen. Uh, college football, it's a trend. It's popular. Miami started it a few years ago with a turnover chain. Some teams copied the idea. Others came up with their own version of big play, whether it be a touchdown, a turnover, something, and, um, you know, have some fun with it. But, uh, no, it's been around, I think, since, gosh, I think it was Napier's maybe his second year is when it really got started. Um, and... I didn't look. I I was there last night. I didn't I didn't see the ESPN broadcast, so I don't know. I can't speak to like Ohio having having a throne or whatever. But a um, lot of teams in college football at various levels uh, have something put together. You know, I I don't. I think it's fine. I think it's maybe silly when a team that's losing, you know, and the game's pretty much out of hand. If they do something, whenever it's look, you're you're down by three, four possessions, and it's the fourth quarter. I don't know that you need to go dabble in a bunch of that stuff. And I think some teams that, you know, some teams are like that. They don't they don't, they don't, don't do the celebratory props, even if they make, uh, I guess, a, a positive play when the game's out of hand and they're losing. I'll tell you a little bit about the mindset of a team, depending on how they handle those situations. ESPN1420N.com. 40 after the hour. NFL. Week two. How are the Saints against the spread when it's minus three or plus three the last several years? They're minus three, by the way, this Sunday against Carolina. I'll give you the stats on that. We'll take a look at some of the more notable lines that stand out. Bet. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott Prather. It's ESP at 1420.com. I'm dealing with an school at least. What's running through my mind comes through in my walk. Two feelings are shown from the way that I talk. And this is me, y'all. Me, MC, y'all. My name is MCA. And I still do what I please. And I would like to introduce what's Oh, how good was it, guys, to see the teams back out on the gridiron to see NFL football back on our TVs. And lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting us in the center of the action for week two, putting you in the center of the action because new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit by signing up for the DraftKings fantasy app using code 1420. Get in on the action now. That's code 1420. How do you play simple? Pick your lineup, stand or the salary cap, See how your team stacks up. That's it. Compete. Feel the NFL action like you've never felt it before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. 
prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with that first deposit. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's stopping you from getting the original Peloton bike? I need flexibility with my workouts. Choose from thousands of classes available 24-7. It's hard for me to stay motivated. Programs, artist series, and badges keep you reaching new goals. 45-minute bike boot camp. 30-minute hit ride. My 45-minute hip-hop ride. You get all that? For how much? The original Peloton bike is now at its best price ever. Get game-changing cardio at a new game-changing price. The original Peloton bike, now $400 less. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Don't wait. Call now. 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. The moment you fire up a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The completed job is on the horizon. And the trail meets its match. Just like that, you made short work of a long to-do list. Run with us on a John Deere Gator UTV. With effortless four-wheel drive at the flip of a switch and our smoothest shifting transmission yet. Nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Hurricane Ida is over, but the work to rebuild is only just beginning. Lowe's is open and here for you when you and your home need us most. We're ready with everything from generators to cleaning supplies. We've also pledged $2 million in the wake of Hurricane Ida to support relief efforts. Being here for our community when you need us most is who we've always been and who will always be. Visit Lowe's.com 24-7 to get what you need or to make a donation. While supplies last, U.S. only. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. As everyone knows, home values have skyrocketed. Chances are your home has gained a ton of equity. Why not use your home's equity to upgrade your house? How about a new pool in your backyard or a new kitchen? Turn your home's equity into cash with a cash-out refinance loan from Cash Call Mortgage. If your mortgage interest rate doesn't start with a 2, we may be able to lower your mortgage rate and get you cash. See just how low our rates are at CashCallMortgage.com. Get started on upgrading your house with a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-745-1952. That's 800-745-1952. 800-745-1952. Hey, guys, this is Louisiana head football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Acadiana's best sports leader, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Scared money don't make money. 
He thinks Drew Brees should run for president. With Zion Williamson as his running mate. I vote yes. It's The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. ESPN1420.com. Some NFL news came out yesterday. HBO's popular Hard Knock show, which is still popular but not good anymore, is now going to do an in-season Hard Knocks. Not preseason, not training camp, an in-season one. About halfway through the year, I think it's supposed to debut on November 17th. And it will follow the Indianapolis Colts. And so you'll follow in, I guess, I say real time, I guess a few, you know, a week, a week delayed. They made this announcement, I guess, at halftime of last night's NFL game. Hard knocks is coming in season. Number one, Amazon has done this in the past for a full season. It's just not called called hard knocks. It's not HBO. It was Amazon, and I think they did it with the Cowboys. They did it with the Cardinals. They've done it with. They've done it a couple of times. For the record, I've never watched it. And if you had given me this news three or four years ago, I would have been ecstatic. I would have been excited. But the way Hard Knocks has become the last couple of years is bore. I mean. I've watched it every year with the exception of the year the Falcons were on it. I didn't watch a single second of it. And then this year, I watched the first three episodes, and I I couldn't make it through an episode without falling asleep. They had the Dallas Cowboys, and they managed to make it boring. How is that even possible? I'm not talking about Dallas. I'm talking about HBO. The amount of material you have to work with with the Cowboys? It felt like, it, it feels like the subjects are having a little too much, um, they have too much knowledge of how the sausage is made, and so they're making it to their liking. Now, this comes out, and people are raving about it and lauding, and oh, my God, it's there's never been anything like it. Okay, I might go back and watch. But until then, I that that somebody sent me a text last night like, I'm fired up, bro. I don't know why I read the text like that. That's not how my friend sounds. But I'm fired. I was just like, I'm not not a fan. Nope. Bet. Speaking of betting. NFL week two lines. The Saints are minus three at Carolina. 
in the last three seasons, the Saints against when the line is somewhere between between just whenever it's whatever it's three. Minus three, minus two, minus one, even, plus one, plus two, plus three, any of the halves, anywhere in there, anywhere in that six number span, the Saints are eleven and three against the spread. On the road, they're eighteen and six against the spread, regardless of what it is, since twenty eighteen. Carolina? How are they in the last 10 games as an underdog against the spread? Well, pretty good, 8-2. and two. Now, take into account Teddy Bridgewater was their quarterback last year, and for those that don't bet, it may not mean anything, but Bridgewater is historically one of the absolute best starting quarterbacks against the spread, particularly as an underdog. Doesn't mean the Panthers win all the games. Just means if you bet it you know, on them with the points, you, you won your bet most of the time. Go with the Saints there. Other bets. Okay. You've got Seahawks minus four and a half against the Titans. A Titans team with an awful defense. A Titans team that couldn't contain Kyler Murray. A Titans team that let Arizona score 38 on them at their place. Seattle is at home. It's going to be loud. What is Russell Wilson's starting career at home? 55 and 17. Now they could win by three and you don't win the bet. I get it. But Tennessee's defense is awful. Plus, Tennessee is not a team built to come from behind by double digits. I I like Seattle minus four and a half. Absolutely. I like the Chiefs minus three and a half at Baltimore. Yeah, they didn't cover last week, but. Look at look at look at how Kansas City has played the Ravens lately. Last year they won thirty four to twenty, but the game was didn't not two touchdowns and yet it still didn't feel that close. Lamar Jackson has had some of the more you know he has struggled more against the Chiefs perhaps than any other team in his in, in his uh, career. He's averaging like 170 in his three games against Kansas City lifetime. All Chiefs wins, by the way. Now he's been able to run the ball, but the Ravens, you look at their injury report, my goodness. And in the secondary, huh. Chiefs minus three and a half, I'm jumping on that all day. All day long. Lastly, Lions, Packers, the over-under, 48 and a half points. Now, it's low, you know, for an NFL game because Green Bay scored three points last week. But the Packers, you figure they've got to bounce back. And they're at home. And it's the Lions who gave up 41 points to the Niners. And you saw what the Saints were able to do to the Packers' defense. Cosmetic points late for Detroit like they had against San Francisco. If it's 48 and a half right now, take it and take the over. Those week two bets for you. Take all of them. You'll come out. You're not going to lose money. No, I cannot guarantee that. Absolutely not.
you might. But guess what, guys? Guess what? Scared money don't make money. That's right. Thank you, Billy. Scared money don't make money. Put it down. LSU Central Michigan didn't get to get into that a ton. It's weird that LSU is in sort of this must-win situation. They're a 19-point favorite against Central Michigan, and it is hard to predict exactly what's going to happen here. Night game, Tiger Stadium, that's a plus. Team out of the MAC, that's a plus. A team out of the MAC that, you know, only lost the 10 at Mizzou. Coach McElwain knows LSU a little bit. Can LSU's run game get going? Can their O-line not get handled in the trenches? The last game before LSU goes into conference play, and I think we can read a lot into it. Third game of the season. They're not going to lose, but are they going to cover? I don't think so. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott show will be back Monday morning. We'll talk to Mr. Uh, Coach Napier. Scared buddy, don't make money. We'll talk a lot about the Saints, Panthers, and much more. It's going to be a blast. I will see you guys bright and early Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football. Greenies next with ES on ESPN 1420.